1: Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable. Uh, we're here with Alex Compton, Matt Weaver of Peaks.com, uh, TJ Inman, and myself, Sammy Jacobs. We're here to talk about Indiana's early signing period um, hall. They signed 16 players, three transfers, 13 players at of high school. Uh, it wasn't as bad as we all thought it was going to be Um There were some guys that at least I didn't think uh, were on the radar that they landed that looked pretty impressive. Uh, And and then of course, there's still more work to do. Uh, We welcome in Matt Weaver, Matt, what were your overall thoughts of, uh, of yesterday?
2: Well, I mean, overall, I thought it, 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 like you said, it it was a little bit better than expected. I, they, they added some guys late um, on signing day. Um, a few that I, a couple that I kind of knew about, but then a couple that were um, a little bit of a surprise. Um, so, you know, I, and they were, and you know, legit guys. So, you know, obviously you didn't get a quarterback and there's still a number of holes to be filled, but consider considering my thoughts when I went to bed Tuesday night, um, it was, it was definitely um, a pleasant surprise, oh, excuse me, a pleasant surprise, how they finished up uh, Wednesday on signing day.
1: What, um, what was the biggest surprise to you? Was it, uh, to Darius, um, or the, uh, is it Jameer, J- uh, Jameer Johnson out of, uh, from Texas. Those two were kind of off the radar for me. Um, you know, uh, Darius Collins or to Darius Collins, uh, you know, a, a four-star, a, a, you know, four-star guy. And then, uh, Jameer Johnson, uh, the corner out of Texas Were those the two guys that, Kind of, you know, made yesterday a little bit better than what was expected.
2: Yeah, Tadarius is a guy that they they've been recruiting for a while. Um, all the way back, he visited in June, and he came out uh, last month with his top six, and he was in it, so I knew they had a chance. Um, so I wasn't so I was kind of surprised that they got back involved with him late. I thought maybe he had kind of moved on to like Auburn, Baylor, Texas. Um, I knew a couple of days ago that he was in. But it was real, real top secret. Like they didn't want it out because I think they were scared that if other schools got wind of it, that they might lose him. Um, so he wasn't as big of a surprise to me. Andre Carter was a surprise just because Ole Miss. Uh, I know Kansas was after him hard. I think Auburn was after him. And you know he's only a one year guy, but this is a guy that could come in and be a real impact player in his one season. He's you know at the Western at the MAC level, he was really pretty dominant. Um, Jameer Johnson. I mean, obviously they brought him in for a visit but I really hadn't gotten word that he was going to be in the class. So he was a bit of a surprise. Max Lama was a little bit of a surprise just because I didn't, I wasn't sure if he was going to be in the class or not, not total shocks because obviously they had him visit, but I would say those were, those were probably the two or three biggest surprises. Collins, not as much just because, I mean, if you had asked me two weeks ago, if I thought Tadarius Collins would to passed, I would have said probably not. But when things went sideways with AJ Thomas, I think they really kind of turned it up on Tadarius Collins. And he was a take no matter what, even if they got AJ Thomas, he was a take because he's that good but I just thought he had kind of maybe was going to stay down in his neck of the woods and go to one of the schools down there and for them to, for them to pull him in on the last minute, especially considering how poor the season went the last two seasons. To me, it shows the recruiting chops of this staff, that they still can go out and get some guys.
1: Yeah.
3: I think that's one of the big themes yesterday is, you know, for how doom and gloom it, it seemed. And obviously the last two years have been pretty poor on the field. I still think, you know, people are buying what they're selling for lack of a better term. So good to see. Interesting to see Amari Farrell for me signing. I think that was kind of the biggest surprise. Um, you know, a guy out of Florida, pretty highly, you know, productive, highly rated. Um, I To me, the whole time felt like he committed to IU early, kind of just get more eyes on him. So people would say, oh, look at this Big Ten commit. Any, you know, surprise on that end that they were able to keep him after, you know, being committed for multiple months?
2: You know, it's that's a good question. I mean, I guess I, you know, when you do this and you see guys commit, you just kind of I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say you expect them to stay committed, but you're right. A lot of times guys like that who commit early um before they have a ton of offers. And he had a great season down there, um, you know, for a really good program. That's a program that sent guys to Penn State, obviously to Indiana. It's a really good program there at Columbia High School in Lake City. Um, You know, I think it's one of those deals that I, I, you know, I I messaged with his coach or not his head coach, one of the coaches on the staff during the season to get stats and, you know, always seemed like things were good. So I guess it never crossed my mind, but you know uh, you do make a good point. A lot of times, those are the guys, the ones that have been around the longest. It's almost like, you know, that that it kind of wears off the, the the shine kind of wears off of your commitment. And so you start looking around and let's be honest, they're kids, you know, they're, they have the attention span a lot of times of, of, you know, of a nap because, they're younger and they, and they change their mind a lot, but he is, I think he's a guy that he's coming in mid year and obviously safety is a spot where they've lost some guys, um, Alex. And so Mm -hmm. I think he's got a shot to come in. I think he, at least at the very least will be like a Dunham who gets a lot of special teams work. And then maybe as the season goes along, you start getting him in the rotation more. Yeah.
3: For me, I think he ends up on the defensive side. I think, you know, who knows what happens from the time he steps on campus, how long he stays, you know, yada, yada. But for me, I think he ends up as kind of the, the best player on defense in the class but sticking with defense iu went juco uh for a couple additional safeties tyreek mcdaniel from independence community college and then kind of a late surprising ad was jamison kelly anything you know you have on those two guys matt i know mcdaniel is a guy that they like i think he's going to be expected to come in and compete for one of those you know safety spots right
2: yeah, I'll start with Kelly. Um, obviously, you look at his offer list. It's not super impressive. There's no way to spin it. He was committed to Jacksonville State a couple of days before he committed to IU. Uh, but this is a guy that IU's known about. I know that Key um, Garden. when Kay Walmack was here, they recruited him out of high school. So they knew, they knew about him. They knew about the kid. Um, he did put up some good numbers at, at a legit ju- juco down in Mississippi. They got good jucos down there. So, you know, I mean, he's a guy. I think he's a rotational guy. Um, you know, I don't know if you, you know, and I know as a Juco, you're thinking we should start. Well, you're just looking for depth. I mean, they need to add bodies at safety, at corner, at a number of positions, obviously, but definitely at those two. So he he's a, um, he's a depth piece, special teams guy. That's what you're hoping. I think you're getting out of him and then get him in there and get him some snaps, you know, uh, McDaniel. I like, I think, you know, this is a, I think a lot of times now with the portal, Juco guys are getting pushed down. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so a guy like this probably gets some you know, maybe some, you know, uh, ACC offers, maybe not huge ones or some big 12 offers, a few big 10, but I think with the portal, some of these guys are getting pushed down. I'm not trying to gloss them over, but it's just a fact. Juco guys are going to get pushed down. High school guys are getting pushed down. The yeah. portal's taken over. There's schools that aren't even taking high school commits anymore. So there's a lot of players out there that before – you know, would have a ton of opportunities. They don't have as many, and I think this is one of them. I think this is the guy that can come in and, and you know, obviously uh, be in the mix right away to be a starter and, and get a lot of snaps on uh, at the safety spot.
3: Yeah, and then TJ, sticking, sticking with defense here, your, what are your thoughts on the class? The late Jordan Shaw flip seemed like there was a lot of smoke there, turned out to, to land him and sign him. Thoughts on the, the class on defense, and what do you think IU still needs here, TJ?
0: You mentioned Jordan Shaw. I think he's an exciting addition. Number one with, you know, his, his length and speed at corner. Uh, that is something Tom Allen mentioned yesterday was wanting to get more length, um, in the secondary, which I think is a very good idea. Uh, and Jordan Shaw is going to bring that some explosive athleticism as well. I think that there's a, you know, legitimate chance that he works his way, um, into special teams return units, whether that's punt return or uh, maybe a secondary kick returner uh, pairing up with Jalen Lucas, he's got that kind of speed. Um, You know, he's the third guy that they added from California, which um, is a bit of an interesting wrinkle now that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten. Um, I I think it's a a defensive class that reloads in the secondary – uh, with a, a good mix of experienced guys coming over um, from JUCOs and then, you know, guys incoming like Farrell and Shaw. Um, on the defensive line, Andre Carter, certainly a, a really good ad. I know that they're still hoping to be able to get uh, Blitty from Texas Tech. I don't know if there have been any you know, recent developments with him, but that would be another guy that you would plug in right away into your defensive line rotation. Uh, so I, I think they had to get a number of guys that can play right away on the defensive side, and they did. Uh, as far as needs, I mean, defensively, I, I look at linebackers still. Uh, I mean, if you include Matt Holt as well as, you know, the returning linebackers, you're. I mean, yes, you get Casey back and that's a really big deal, but you're looking at at most four linebackers uh, that you've got right now uh, with Turner and Isaiah Jones as well. So they definitely need additional linebackers. Matt, what are your thoughts on kind of additional needs that are needed on the defensive side of the ball? And then I guess we can start to look at the elephant in the room, which is the quarterback position.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right. Linebacker is definitely a big need. It's one of their, one of their biggest needs. They really tried to get Terry Kirksey um, out of Hutchinson, Juco. He ended up going to Kansas State. I had heard, um, which is another kind of – it was kind of top secret. I heard that um, they brought him in Sunday right before the dead period. It was like basically a one-day visit. Um, he would have been a good get. Um, I think bull, you've only got two bulls right now. You, you've got miles Jackson. And now to Collins, you really need four to five there. So you're going to have to try to get a couple of guys. I know they offered a the guy out of Wyoming. I mean, um, I'm going to butcher this name. Oluwasi, Wasi Omotoshi. Um, he's bulls in the enough. portal. Yeah, I probably, yeah. I probably <laughs> butchered. yeah. Uh, that probably gets you a lot of points in Scrabble. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he's, yeah, I think he's going to visit, uh, in early January. Um, he seems pretty interested. So I and they offered him right after I had heard that Booker was going to Kansas. So I think he kind of looks like the replacement for Austin Booker. Um, uh, I think they still need some more DBs. I mean they they added a, they added um, what a couple safeties in a corner. They probably need corners a spot where they need some guys. That's one of their biggest need spots. You know the, the freshmen they brought in they like, but they're not ready to play. Not not heavy minutes. They need they need a gap. They need some they need some guys to bridge the gap. Uh, Jameer Johnson does that. Obviously, you got Brian Lanier, Lanier coming back, but they probably need another guy or two there. Uh, probably need another defensive end. And then um, uh, mentioned uh, uh, AJ mentioned Philip Bladai. I had heard that he was poss- a possible add yesterday. Obviously, it didn't it didn't turn out that way. My guess is he got some late offers. He's going to take his recruitment into January, but I think they yeah. still have a shot there. And they also offered another a guy from Texas Tech. I can't remember his name, but he was a DB. He got an offer yesterday, so. You know, maybe if they can get one, they can maybe pull off kind of the uh, uh, the double deal there. But yeah, there's still really almost every position on the defense. There's still some need for for, for some more guys, and they've got they've got a lot of spots left. They still got about 15 roster spots to fill.
3: Yeah, I think you look at the defense. I think you need to add at every position. So I think was talking with some people yesterday. Where you know, where are the new offensive linemen? I, there's a lot of scholarships already allocated to the offensive line. If you look at IU's roster. So, I mean, w- Wiginton hit the portal yesterday. You replace him with Longman. I think that's a good swap probably for both, both parties. But I'm more concerned about the defensive line at this point. Obviously, we have a lot of time from now until September. But when you look at the offensive line versus the defensive line, I'm much more concerned about... Going into next year again with a lack of pass rush from your defensive line. And I think Collins is good. I think losing Richard Thomas to the portal really stinks. But I think, again, you're looking at a roster that's not going to be able to generate pass rush with the defensive line. So, yeah, I think moving forward, you got to get Paul Randolph, the new defensive line coach, you got to get active in this portal and you got to get guys. Obviously, the D tackle from Texas tech, that's, that's probably the connection there. Right. With, with him mm-hmm. there. So, but yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, a huge miss if you don't add on the defensive line as well as, as some of these other spots. So uh, talking about the lines, TJ added three offensive linemen yesterday. Um, you get Tyler, Bubba, Jeffries, or four, I guess, William Larkins, who's been probably the, the biggest IU football fan I've ever seen on Twitter. And then you add um, Austin Barrett out of uh, my my area out here in the western suburbs of Chicago. So talk about the O-line, uh, TJ, what we brought in, what we're looking at next year, and then, you know, is there room or even need, I guess, to add more guys on that offensive line?
0: I I, I think, first of all, it's really cool – that these guys all stayed with Indiana through Darren Hiller to Rod Carey, which I know was an interim situation, but still, and now, Bob Bostad. I think it's really cool that those guys stayed with the program. um, And really, we never got any rumors, I'm sure that there was some discussion, but we never got any rumors leak out about them wavering on their commitments to Indiana. Um, I think that's, that's really cool, um, and you you kept really all of the offensive linemen that you were going to be interested in keeping on in your program. You kept them uh, throughout the position coach change as well. Um, so I, I think that's a, a positive that um, I, I do think that there's talent on this group, and you added to it. Uh, with the players you brought in, William Larkins um, from Chaminade Prep in in Florida, very successful program, and he's, I mean, uh, 6'4", 300 pounds, good player. Max Longman coming in, I think Indiana's looking at him as a a guard, uh, unless I'm mistaken there, he'll have a chance to compete for a starting position, certainly be uh, a good piece on the two deep uh, and the interior of the line. Um uh, and then Tyler Jeffries coming from Alcoa, Tennessee, what did they want, like seven or eight straight state titles, I think. Um a very successful program. Um and the third one escaping ah, my hear hear uh, Austin yeah. yeah, volleyball player. Uh volleyball player from uh St. Charles, Illinois. He's six, wrestler, seven, so- And If you look at his uh, yeah, wrestler as well. Um You look at his photo yesterday from signing. I mean, he does not look like a current offensive lineman. He looks pretty, pretty trimmed. Um, He's going to have to add some weight to his frame, but definitely. And part of that probably is because he's in season for wrestling. But um, I mean, I think he has the frame to become a a really uh, six, seven, 300, something like that. Uh, really good athletic offensive tackle. Um, I think it's a, again, recruiting offensive line talent has not been the problem for Indiana. It's been developing those guys once they get on campus. I'm not suggesting I use bringing in four and five stars, uh, but they are bringing in really solid offensive line prospects that other, that other Power no Five success. schools want. Yeah, this class is no exception. They've got to start developing that. Bob Bostad has his work cut out for him, but there are tools available to him uh, to really turn this into a solid offensive line. It, it has to be priority number one for Indiana on the offensive side of the ball is putting these pieces in place and finally getting into the play up to their potential. Um, yeah. I like the group they brought in, but I like the guys that they already had on the roster too. Right. They've got to start playing like that.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think you look at the the kind of one and two deep, I think some interesting position battles, but a lot of returnees, which I don't think ever hurts. So it will be interesting to watch. Matt, I don't know if you know, obviously it's super early. Um, I think I've seen that Larkins is going to be a mid-year guy. Mm-hmm. And then are they looking at him to be a center? I know he played center a lot for his his high school program but is he is he a a tackle a guard or is he going to stick at center
2: yeah I talked to uh William and did a story on him a few days ago and I asked him that he said uh when he met with Bosa in his house um they talked about a little bit he he his his mindset is he's probably going to be a center um I don't think he's going to be a tackle I don't think he has the length to be a tackle um but I could see him also being a guard but you know, this is a guy that played centered, like TJ said, at a at a great program down there in South Florida, um, and so uh, I think that's probably his best spot. But you know, you probably you want to have guys who have some versatility, and you know, obviously, you don't want to have a guy who only plays center just because sometimes you might need him to move over. But I think TJ made an interesting point. I was going to say this real quick about development, um, and, and while I, I think these linemen they brought in, I, I like the guys they brought in. I'm I think people should be excited about what. Bob Bosak can do with some of these returning guys, you know, um, uh, DeMond Moore, um, Khalil Benson, even Matthew Bedford. I know he's got one year left, but Matthew Bedford after his freshman season looked like an NFL guy and it went sideways. And that to me is where TJ was spot on with it. That's where the lack of development has come in. He's just not gotten better. And you can even say he's maybe regressed and he's bounced between guard and tackle. I'm really interested to see what, what Bosak can do with some of these guys that are coming back because for all of Darren Hiller's issues, he did recruit some guys, like you said, that other schools wanted. It's not like they were beating out max schools for these guys. Most of these guys were getting power five offers and they were being recruited. So, you know, I don't know, maybe some of the line, offensive line is the hardest position projecting college. You'll talk to coaches all the time because usually a 6'6", six, six, 300 pound guy in high school is by far the biggest guy on the field almost every week. So until he gets up against, and it's not like AU basketball where you can play him against guys of his stature, you're not going to find out until you get him on campus and put him out there on a practice field and he goes against other college guys. How good is he really? It's it's really hard to project offensive linemen because they're just so much bigger and stronger than everybody else in high school. So um, I, it'll be interesting to see the development. I think that that position i mean obviously this is not a stretch it'd be the most approved position in my opinion on the roster next year because i think the coaching up upgrade you have made is pretty
3: significant yeah i think we've talked about that a little bit i think that'll be definitely one of our you know points of emphasis in the offseason as we talk to more folks and and have more pieces but i think super exciting and i think when you look at the the two deep on the offensive line one i think you have options which is good you have guys that are going to push each other and then two i think you have a good mix of experience and upside in the U. So I think that's good. All right, TJ, it's your favorite time. Right now, we're looking at a Brock Lowry and <laughs> Sorsby QB battle to open against right, Ohio State. So get
0: charged up. Here we go.
3: Yeah. So you know, Dexter Williams, I think with the prognosis he got and the update from that injury, is kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater injury. Uh, So I think you're looking at at least eight, nine months from now of, of no contact, not even close probably. So I I think at this point, you have to assume you don't have decks next year. I think that's like the safest call. Obviously I don't know anything. I'm not a doctor, but the injury, the way they described it was similar to kind of that Teddy Bridgewater. So TJ, you need a quarterback.
0: Yes, that, that uh, I've been told that that is important for the sport of football. Mm-hmm. Um, um, look, I like Brock Lowry quite a bit. Um, I saw one of his games with Canfield High School, and then of course the highlight films where everybody looks amazing. But um, the results speak for themselves. I mean, incredibly productive. The intangibles, everything that you read about him, every quote that you see, I mean, it all speaks to, I really want this kid on our team. And I think it was great that Indiana, you know, looked at him early, brought him in. He followed it up with a terrific senior season. He's a, by my eyes, a really good fit for what we think Walt Bell wants to do on offense. Um All that being said, he's going to be a true freshman. And yeah, he's coming in early. He's going to arrive at Indiana uh, for spring ball. Um, That's great. But he's a freshman, and you don't want to be relying on him when you start the season. Uh, The alternative at this time is Brandon Sorsby, Um, another guy that on paper seems to fit what you want. For Walt Bell's offense in terms of dual threat ability, but again, basically no experience. I mean, he played a tiny bit last season in experience. That's those were snaps that he's not going to learn from. Um, but that's those are your two options right now. Uh, I know Indiana, you know, had Emory Jones in for a visit, and beyond that, it has been radio silence uh, for the Hoosiers at the quarterback position. I would hope that the plan is more developed than just, well, we were hoping for Emory Jones didn't get him. And now I guess we'll try to bring in somebody else. I, I would hope they've been making contacts, uh, beyond just that. There's still a lot of guys out there in the portal, um, that, that would fit the bill for what you're looking for in terms of style of play. Uh, nobody's going to be coming in here, as an all-american i mean that that type of player doesn't exist for any of to bring in but i think there are guys that can come in and do a good job and be a bridge to either lowry or Sorsby, uh, you know hopefully the season after that or or to dexter williams if he's back healthy uh,
3: yeah sammy i don't Matt, I, mean, I, <clears throat> I keep bringing it up and i know you're going to tell me to stop asking but I, you can't even fill out a three deep with the quarterback position right now. And right. I think now you have an offense that is what you recruited Donovan McCully to play. I know he doesn't want to play quarterback and he switched to receiver, but hard to not see some of those running plays last year with Dax and think about McCauley. That's that's off the table, right? Sammy McCulley is is a receiver now?
1: I would assume so. I mean, Matt would probably know better than I would, but I would assume that if the player doesn't want to play quarterback, he's not going to be forced to play quarterback. Um, Yeah. It's tantalizing to think about because he's, you know, he's what, six, four, six, five. Um, He's filled out nicely. He can run. We, we saw him, uh, you know, run after the catch a little bit too. And, you know, you saw him throw a pass last year to the fleet footed Connor Bazelak uh, against Maryland. Um, But yeah, you, I mean, look. Worst case scenario, you you might have to have a conversation with Donovan and say, "Listen, we we've got two guys, two two freshmen. Um, we might need you to to play quarterback. I don't know if you do that in the spring, um, or in the summer, but you can't go in. I mean, you can't just swing it. If you swing and a miss, yeah, he's he's got. I, I think he's got to be an emergency option." kind of like Tom Tupa was for the Jets uh, when Vinny Testaverde uh, blew his, uh, his Achilles out. But I, I, Matt would know better than I I do. I just, I don't see if the kid doesn't want to play quarterback and he has to move to receiver. I just don't see him going back to quarterback. What do you think, Matt?
2: Uh, Well, if you don't get a quarterback between January 4th and January 9th, you have that conversation with Donovan on January 10th. (laughs) I mean, You're not yeah. waiting to spring ball. You're going to have to tell him January 10th, listen, you might have to go back to QB because we got two guys. Um, yep. And, you know, TJ touched on Brock. And, you know, I has got a couple of guys. I mean, obviously, Brendan Soresby struggled in that game against Penn State, but he was basically a human pinata, you know, back there. You know, they have guys where if you had Penn State or Ohio State or Michigan talent where, it, to me, it's kind of like Brock Purdy with the 49ers. You know, all he has to do is hand the ball off and make some simple throws. I mean, everybody's raving about him. He's played well, but he doesn't have to do a whole lot. If you put him on a team like my Colts, he looks like crap because they're terrible. You know, he's on a team where they got great defense and they got great skill guys, and he's just got to manage the game. At Indiana, the quarterback's going to have to be a playmaker next year. I mean, bottom line, like what you saw from Dexter Williams against Michigan State, um, and what you saw for almost a quarter against Purdue when they were the offense really looked pretty good, at least running the ball, um, they need a guy who can be a playmaker. And um, I think it's a lot to ask these guys to be a playmaker when they basically, well, not basically, they, but they have not played hardly at all in college football. You need to get a veteran guy. And if you can't, then I think you're right. You may have to talk to Donovan and say, listen, You know, I mean, it's a tough conversation because he wants to be a receiver, and I think he's—I think he thinks he's an NFL receiver, and I think he's got that potential, and he's got a ways to go. But obviously, you're going to kill his development because he's a junior now, and it really is going to set his development back. But at the at the end of the day, you know, there's there's 120 other guys in that locker room that you got to think about too. Um, You know, it's a tough deal. My guess is they'll get somebody. I mean, I'm just going through looking at our list of portal. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the portal at quarterback. Um, the problem with IU, and I mean, it's, it's kind of the elephant in the room, is can you, can you come up with the funds in NIL to entice a guy to come? I don't know that's why they lost Emory Jones. Uh, I mean, it could be. And, and as far as TJ's question, I think there's other guys out there. This has just been an incredibly CIA-type operation to get a quarterback. I don't really understand it. I mean, I know there's people in the program who don't know what's going on at quarterback. I mean, there's people on the staff who don't know what's going on at quarterback. Um, So it's just been really secretive. But I think you'll see some more guys even pop into the portal after these bowl games. And I think there'll be somebody. Is it going to be somebody who can be a difference maker? We'll wait and see. I think you can get somebody who's definitely an upgrade over what you brought in last year, Connor Bays. Like nothing against Bayes; Like he was just a poor fit at Indiana. It was a square peg, ran hole kind of fit. Um, and I think Indiana forced it. I think they took a guy to take a guy and I think it backfired on him because they didn't have the line to protect him. And they just didn't have the talent around him to make him, you know, be able to play his capability. So hopefully they'll get a better fit, a more of a Dexter Williams, Donovan McCauley type. I think there's some guys out there like that, but it's just can the can the can the, the dominoes fall right for Indiana where they I mean, this program's do some good luck. Let's be honest, they're do some good luck and hopefully that some of that luck can start happening for them.
1: So you're saying the uh, $240 of nil money we got from Bowl Mania is not gonna, <laughs> not enough to to draw a quarterback?
2: Well, I've got some eligibility left. I'll play for 240.
1: Well, yeah. I throw the ball at recess. <laughs> but if you think if you thought if you
2: thought Connor Bayslike looks slow back there, you haven't seen anything. until you put me back there. <laughs> I might as well be in a wheelchair.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just you know I I keep thinking about it because you know we saw at times that offense last year. And and what it could look like, and and you said it. Macaulay's a junior now, and for how highly recruit, recruited he was, and for how exciting it was to get him, he's halfway through, and I'm art like what has he done? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I get switching positions and playing right away, and they I know they wanted to redshirt him his freshman year, but
1: you know he's halfway through now, and you're going, this this is it, kind of. First- been a lot of quarterbacks who have had successful careers in the NFL at wide receiver you look at Cordell Stewart uh, Julian Edelman um Antoine Antoine Randall L there's you know Donovan's a great athlete and that's something you can't you know you can't teach you could always teach a great athlete to play receiver or to play quarterback you can't teach somebody to be a great athlete um TJ you wanted to say something.
0: I I just, I mean, looking at the names that are out there, we're not going to go through the whole list. We have no clue who Indiana has been contacting or or anything, but Matt, in, in your opinion, while everything has been secretive, you don't know any names, any of that, do you think that Indiana, whether it's just Walt Bell or Walt Bell and Tom Allen, do you think that they do have a plan in place for the next couple of weeks for that position?
2: Well, I mean, I, I can't sit here and say at 100% I know that, but I'd be shocked if they didn't. And if they don't, then quite honestly, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing because you need to have a plan in place. Um, you know, I, there, like I said, there's a ton of guys. I mean, if you go by Twitter and I know people say, well, he's following him. Walt Bell's followed Basically every single guy that's gone into the portal, whether he's on offense or defense yeah, over right. the last few yeah. weeks, Um, But he is following a number of quarterbacks. And so that's, you know, that's kind of your first place to try to find some clues. Um, You know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Do they target one guy? I mean, you hope you don't put your eggs in one basket last year. They didn't, they went after Zach Calzada. They went after Emory Jones. They went after obviously Bazelak. So I would assume that they'll bring in, you know, I thought Alan's comment yesterday about that first week in January that he said, we brought in some guys last year, this year, I think we're going to bring in a lot. I thought that was interesting how he he basically made it sound like they're going to bring a bunch of guys in and they've got to, and they've really got to focus, get quarterbacks in. I mean, they've got to get somebody. I know we've beaten this to death, but there's guys out there and there's gotta be somebody. Um, even if you have to go down a level, there's, there's talented guys at the FCS who got looked over, who could come in and be a bridge for a year. Um, you know, a guy who can give you some running and throwing ability, but you're going to have to find somebody. And, and I, I, I would be shocked if they don't have a plan. I just don't know what the plan is. I wish I did. And I know there's other people who who wish they they did, but it's just they're kind of running the top secret operation right now.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead, TJ.
0: One guy on while we're
3: on offense here, we'll pivot
0: a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you about, it appears he's maybe going to play offense, but a unique player, Orlando Greenlow, athlete from, again, California, um, 6'5", 205, 210, depending on where you look, I thought it was interesting that Tom Allen mentioned tight end potentially for him yesterday. Um, he could be a guy you see as a pass rusher. I mean, his defensive numbers were impressive, uh, from high school receiver. Maybe I personally don't see the quickness there at, uh, to be a difference maker at receiver. Despite his height, so I, tight end was a comment that I hadn't really thought about until I heard Tom Allen say it, and it, it jumps out to me. What what do you think Orlando Greenlow uh, might be able to add to the Indiana program?
2: Yeah, I I listened. To him. I kept him as a receiver. I originally, had him as an athlete. I think he's. I don't think he'll be a receiver if he stays on offense. I think he grows into a tight end. I I don't know anything about. The, the competition he plays he's in Southern California I think he's kind of near in the Long Beach area so just south of LA but 81 tackles 19 tackles for loss 17 sacks 15 QB hurries if those are all accurate I'm assuming they are um uh Alex talked about it you need pass rushers and this guy could be I'm not saying he's going to be a dishon but he's got physically the same kind of length the same kind yeah. of traits to me um, you know, I know you need, you need more weapons on offense. I play this guy kind on of defense. I put him at ball or maybe he grows into a DN, but I make him an edge guy, um, and get him on defense, get that length on defense. Um, and I'm with TJ. I don't know that he has the short area quickness, you know, uh, to, to, to really get open. I mean, if he plays offensive receiver, my guess is the guy where you just run him down the field, and throw the ball up to him. And to me, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's kind of a way. So, I, I would lean defense with him. I mean, I've not seen him in person, obviously. And there's highlights out there, but his numbers on defense are really, really impressive. And if they're if he's playing against legit competition, you know, he's a guy I think could come in and maybe get in a mix at, at the bowl position it may take a little bit of time. But um I would rather have him there than at tight end if 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 it was up to me.
3: Yeah, I I don't want to say you have too many guys at tight end or too many scholarships at tight end, but You know, you bring in Sam West, another quarterback. You bring in another guy. They've done that the last two, three years now. Athleticism over production, kind of. So you bring in Sam West. You have um, Foley, Miller from last year. I I like both of those guys. And then I think Steinfeld and Bamba are are good. Like, I, I liked Bamba as a blocker. And then I think Steinfeld showed he can, you know, be a guy that catches balls for you. So, you know, would have liked AJ Barner to throw up monster numbers didn't really happen. So, you know,
2: I th- I think Barner leaving probably threw them for a little bit of a curve because I don't think they were going to take, I talked to, I, I talked um, to Kevin Ryan. I didn't get the sense during the season that they were going to add any more tight ends. Yeah. And I think him leaving, I think they would probably prefer not to go get a tight end if they just offered a guy from North Texas yesterday. But I think your problem is, is you got, um, Bamba and Steinfeld but that's it as far as guys who have played right. and you're going to play you're it's a position where guys get banged up and you're going to play three or four and I think they're probably nervous about playing Miller or Foley next year significant snap so they're probably looking for a bridge guy and that's where the portal hurts you yeah. I mean it can cause you to have to go get guys when you really need to use that scholarship for somebody else or for another position. So I agree with Alex. They've got a lot of numbers there. I just think they're kind of, they're kind of in a bad spot because they've got two guys who have played and then nobody else mm-hmm. and they need a third guy. Ideally, you don't have to do that, but they may have to, if they, if they don't feel like, you know, fully, and maybe you wait till after spring ball, maybe mm-hmm. you go through spring and see if those guys have improved enough where you can trust them to play 20, 25 snaps a game. And if not, maybe you try to go out and get that tight end. who has got to be a bridge guy.
1: Yeah. Can I mean, are you? Or- can Not I you know. over sign, Matt? Isn't that the rules now? Uh, with, with well, there always people. was a rule that
2: you could actually over you. You can the over sign rule used to be twenty eight. You could take twenty five guys. You could over sign by three, and a lot of times teams did that because the mid year guys from the um the mid year guys from the year before. How was it? Or you could count them back. So like mid year guys would always count to the class before if you if there was openings. So you can usually you had three openings. So you would count guys back. Now there there's no there's no limit on class sizes. I mean, you can basically sign now whatever you want. The other oversign rule was you could be over your 85, but you had to be down to 85. I think it was June 1st. I can't remember, it was sometime in the summer after spring ball, you had to be back down to 85. So I think that rule's still in place, but I don't know. With Portal, it's just changed everything. The rules and it's so hard to keep up but I would assume you could probably be over signed in the summertime. But then if you're, if you're there, you got to figure something out. Some guys either got to go to walk-ons or somebody has got to leave or something. Um, and I think a lot of times teams did that because you would know, so there might be guys who are academic right on the fence and you may not find out till May that they're not going to make it or, you know, because that's when a lot of high schools get out and you would find out then. And so I think teams would oversign, thinking, okay, this guy's probably not going to make it. And, um, you know, and so we'll be okay. But, you know, right now they got to worry about getting 15 out. If they, if they can oversign, that'd be great. I I'm worried about them finishing out the 85 man roster.
1: Yeah.
3: And then, yeah, it's, you know, I think there will be more guys that hit the portal. So I'm telling people, you know, don't obviously it doesn't look great right now. I think you have some intriguing guys on the roster either coming back or coming in, but still a lot of time from now until September, there's going to be more movement. I think you do add a quarterback, but don't want to, not talk about there's two guys we have not talked about uh Derek Bowler wide receiver out of Miami down there bringing him in the 2023 class as a freshman um kind of a late ad I feel like that one kind of flew under the radar or at least at least for me but had a pretty good offer list seems pretty quick um just quick quick thoughts on him Matt
2: well, th- this is an interesting story. So he, he visited, he, he made it like a Midwest tour back in June and he visited IU, but IU is one of the, it was one of the times where they were at one of those mega camps off campus. So basically there was no coaches around, like there were some, you know, support or whatever guys around. And I remember I talked, uh, talking to some people, they didn't think they had much of a chance just because his visit wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as it could be. It was just an right. okay visit because the coaches weren't there. And so he couldn't hang out with anybody and, it looked like he was going to Auburn. Well, then Auburn fires um, uh, Brian Harrison, and that kind of worked in IU's favor. I think if that doesn't happen, he's a, he signed with Auburn yesterday, not Indiana. Um, but he's a guy that um, they've been recruiting. Uh, that's the KCT Garden area down there, that, that school. They've been recruiting him for a while. I think it's a good get. His numbers his senior year weren't super um, impressive. I, I don't know maybe he was banged up, or it's just the way their offense is. They don't throw the ball a bunch. But Obviously, you look at his offer list, he had a lot of good offers, and I think this is a guy. I mean, receiver's a position where you got a few guys back, and then there's a lot of question marks uh, behind Cam Camper and um, I'm trying to think of Emery Simmons. Yeah. Um, you know, after that, after those two or th- you know, two guys, maybe one more, you got a lot of question marks. Don McCauley, obviously, if he's up receiver, and we assume he will be, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of chance for playing time. So, I think he's a guy that could get in the mix, but it's kind of interesting because I kind of had written him off. And then he kind of just came back in. It's almost like Tadarius Collins. He kind of came back in here at the end, and that's why give the staff credit. You never stop recruiting. You keep those relationships. You keep talking to guys because you just never know what'll happen. And and both of these guys, two legit Power Five players, were there for IU. That you, you're probably kind of surprised how they get them after two bad seasons. And I think it's credit to this staff for doing that job of uh, keeping keeping them on the on the you know the burner, so to speak.
3: Yeah, I think Collins one especially when that one came through you know, that, that was super surprising to me. So really, really good stuff. And then TJ, is it, uh, do you take a kicker or are you riding with a true freshman?
0: Uh, Nico Radisic. That is, uh, probably not great, but Nico is what I'm going to call him. Um, I'd ride with him. I would not, spend a scholarship on a portal kicker uh, i mean unless there's you know somebody that pops up that uh is interested in coming to indiana that has you know proven uh really good production but i, I don't see that happening at this stage so i'd ride with uh with nico he's from coppel texas uh one of the top prep kickers in the country coming in um he's kicked in you know Pressure situations, high school football in Texas at a good, uh, good high school program in Coppell, Texas. Uh, soccer background, as expected. Um, it, I, I would feel obviously a little uncomfortable um, until you see him actually perform in games. You're just not going to know how he's going to respond. Uh, but. I don't think there's any questions about the strength of his leg or his ability to make the kicks. It's going to be a question of, can he handle pressure in big time moments? You're not going to have the answer to that until it happens. Um, so I, I would, given the needs at the rest of the roster, I would ride with uh, with your freshman that you brought in here um, from Texas and give him a shot. Um, if he completely flops. You do have some other options on the roster uh, that could step in, you know, and do an adequate job if needed. Uh, my hope is that Nico's going to be able to, you know, be able to handle kickoffs as well as the place kicking duties. I don't know, but uh, that that's my hope is that he can handle both of those and you don't have to kind of have him only available for place kicking, but um that's a good get you know indiana has focused on uh that position charles campbell transferring to tennessee uh campbell you know overall uh had a nice career for indiana uh, hopefully nico is able to come in and do it and i would give him the chance to start right away
1: yeah alejandro Quintero is another guy I iu brought him in last year he could punt and kick yeah. I expect yeah. him to be the kickoff guy, too. But, TJ, if Brock Lowry's is going to win the Davey O'Brien Award and IU is going to win the Big Ten, they're not kicking any field goals. We're going for touchdowns. Um, That's true. So, yeah, we, so we don't have to – as long yeah. as he can hit his extra points, we're good to go. But, um, there you yeah. Go. Um, and then just briefly here as we kind of wrap up, put a
3: bow on this, one, thanks to Matt, as always – Appreciate your insight and your time and uh, always being a fan of our site. um, You know, always always appreciate you, Um, Matt, your overall thoughts, I guess on yesterday and then a two-parter. I don't feel like the mass exodus from IU's current roster to the portal happened or it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. So is it safe to assume that if they haven't left, they're coming back?
2: Yeah, well, first off, my supporter of who's journal was dependent on my uh, my tea times at Ballon Isles, so um, just we'll make that clear right now.
0: <laughs> no, I'm
2: kidding, you guys do a great job, and uh, I love Sammy to death, you guys are awesome over there. So, um, you know, I wish you know, we need more, more uh, people covering IU like you guys do, but yeah, I mean, you just don't know what guys are thinking, but I would think if you haven't jumped into the portal now, I'm not sure what reason you would have to do it, you know, so far after the date? but I mean, you just don't know. These are young people. They, they, they change their mind, you know, often. Um, but I would think that most guys are probably um, staying uh, or uh, nearly all of them. So, you know, um, I think the big one, everybody's worried about was Jalen Lucas, but obviously he made it clear he was staying. And so there's some other guys that, you know, you'd hope don't leave, but um, you know, right now I'm operating under the assumption that they're going to, everybody that's on the roster now will be here for spring ball, but, that's you know they always what they always say about assume you shouldn't do it, so but hopefully this is there's no more defections at least from guys that they're really counting on.
3: yeah, and then overall, I think you touched on it. I think with you know everything that went on and how bad the you know last two seasons were on the field and kind of around the program, I think a pretty solid day yesterday, and I think credit to the staff for for sticking with it and staying on guys say whatever you want about the leo and the family and whatever you know people say oh that's crap just win whatever guys are still buying it and it clearly plays in living rooms when they do home visits and stuff like that but overall thoughts on the staff and and the day yesterday matt
2: yeah i agree and and you know one thing about recruiting real quick you know the last few years with the early sign period february has been actually pretty boring the february and i think this year it's going to be somewhat um intriguing for indiana because alan talked about adding more high school guys and how february could be kind of a bigger day because usually they sign maybe one or two guys three i mean it's been for me it's been actually boring um which sometimes is kind of nice um you know as far as you know yesterday like i said i overall when you when you compare it to past years it's a bit of a downer but compared to what i think a lot of people were feeling going into it i think it was actually a positive day and adding an andre carter a Tadarius collins a Derek bowler a jameer johnson there at the end. I think, um, I think that definitely was a nice finish. It could have been great if you could have got Terry Kirksey could have got Austin Booker, but you know, they still overall, I thought they finished strong considering the momentum or lack thereof that was going into the day. So, you know, hopefully um, you, you know, the staff can stay together. There's, there's been too much staff turnover the last few years, they need some continuity and then hopefully they can have a good spring guys can stay relatively healthy they can get TJ that quarterback that he's, that he, that he's looking for and, and um, come out of spring and hopefully start to get this turned around. I mean, they've got an uphill climb, but there are still some pieces on this roster to work with. And there's an opportunity for this to get turned around. The schedule's brutal. I mean, you know, thanks. Thanks Fred glass for Louisville. Again, it's a nice parting gift. Um, and, but it is what it is. You got to play the games, go out there and, and try to get those six wins at least, and hopefully get back to a bowl game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... We'll never, it's, it's cool. I'm going to, I'll be there. I'll be at the game in Indy, but I would rather play Akron and Indiana State three times, but whatever. (laughs) DJ, uh, overall thoughts on yesterday, the first wave, I think Alan called it of signing day. Um, Put a bow on this for, uh, for our listeners.
0: Yeah. I don't look forward to facing Jeff Brom with Austin Reed at quarterback. Oh, he's staying at Western Kentucky. uh,
2: Oh, yeah, he lit up, he lit up Kane Womack last night. He threw for 400 and something yards. They beat, they smoked South Alabama. Yeah, they did. I
3: was watching Yeah, that. he stayed yeah,
2: there. I, oh,
0: well, Jeff Brom has have to get somebody else to torture us, I guess. Well, <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that we've kind of hit the nail on the head here. It Everything is based off of expectations, right? In, in sports, in life, whatever. And The expectation was that given how the season went, um, back-to-back seasons really, that you were going to have just a a program completely bereft of talent um, with the transfer portal and that we wouldn't be able to attract anybody. Uh, That didn't happen. Um, There were certainly some guys that Indiana wanted to get that they didn't, and I think they'd like to have the quarterback position solved by now, that and it's not. But you were never going to solve every problem yesterday. Uh, I think based off of what we were fearing and possibly expecting, so far this kind of offseason has gone about as well as you could have anticipated. You knew you were going to lose McCullough. Uh, Barner was a surprise. I think Chris Keys was a surprise. Uh, but really, you didn't have a mass exodus. You held on to Jalen Lucas, uh, which is just a, a major um, major boon heading into next season. That's going to be a centerpiece for your offense, really. Uh, and then you brought in a number of guys from the transfer portal uh, and additions to your freshman class that were coveted by other major conference programs. So, uh, and guys that that fill needs on your roster. Um, so I think for what Indiana has been able to do so far, uh, it's gone about as well as you could have reasonably hoped. They've got a lot of work to do over the next couple of weeks to continue to, to patch up this roster and get it to as good of a shape as it can be going into spring football. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of activity, a lot of, uh, swings and hopefully some, some connections. There's going to be some misses as well. But, um, you know, as Bill Self said, if you were only hearing yes, you're recruiting the wrong guys. Um, so Indiana is going to hopefully bring in a lot more talent here over the next couple of weeks, guys that can continue to fill holes on the roster. Um, I'm looking forward to that because it's additional, you know, excitement and content and, and uh, you know, the Michael Scott beat. There's no question about it. I'm ready to be hurt again. Uh, I I know that I'm going to (laughs) talk myself into what this roster can be and convince myself that things are going to be great come next season. I always do it. I always fall for it. I will again. Uh, But I do think there's some legitimate, not just me being an idiot, some legitimate reasons for there to be some optimism at this time.
3: Yeah, we'll see. And I think a lot of movement. I think that's the key. There's going to be a lot more movement until they kick off against Ohio
1: State. Sammy, what's right. next for the site? What do we have to look forward to? Well, I, I want to touch on TJ's Michael Scott uh, gift and quote you from dodgeball. So I feel like I found that if you have a goal that you might not reach it, but if you don't have one, then you are never disappointed. And I got to tell you that feels phenomenal. Uh, so TJ, I'll see your Michael Scott gift and raise you uh, the dodgeball quote. Um What's next for the site? We have, uh, our, more of our postseason uh, recaps, uh, by position. Uh, we've been going through position by position, um, player by player, uh, going through what worked, what didn't work, uh, and you know, what's ahead, what they need for the 2023 season. We'll again have our, um, uh, signing day recap uh, from Zach Green coming up in, in the next couple of days with quotes from Tom Allen. Uh, we'll try and get uh, these prospects uh, to to come on, chat with us and things like that. Uh, we are finishing our ball mania where Alex took the lead last night uh, as I took South Alabama and he took uh, Western Kentucky, which is dumb on my part. But um, we've got a lot of fun stuff. And then, as always, it's it's the first, uh, as Matt said, the first signing day February in the last couple of years. That's going to be, you know, more than one or two guys. And it is back to that, uh, you know, old national signing day hype. And then, uh, you know, we get into spring ball and hopefully uh, we get to see some practices, get to talk to some people as well. I I think that's an important, I know people got annoyed with that last year. I think it is very important that IU is transparent this year and has something for fans in the spring. You have to build this fan base. um, And you have to reward the people who come out every single week uh, and and things like that. And that's what spring ball is for. Uh, We'll see, we'll have updates on, on who's coming in, who's visiting. It's going to be, uh, the transfer visit window is January 4th to January 9th. And then, um, I think the portal closes for entry on the 19th of January. So it'll be a, uh, you know, th- there's no off season anymore in, in college sports. And then, uh, you know, we'll see, hopefully, uh, you know, IU gets, uh, hit some out of the park and, um, you know, we have stuff to write about. We'll, we'll interact with fans as always. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll try not to rock the boat too much. So keep coming back, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, hoosierhuddle.com and then find us on Twitter at hoosier underscore huddle.
3: And then as we wrap up finally here, Matt, thanks again for your time. Where can people find you? What do you have coming? What should people be on the lookout for?
2: Um, I don't know. What is my Twitter? Oh, at MB underscore Weaver, um, obviously pigs.com <clears throat> uh, be doing some review of the, uh, of the signing class. Um, and then <clears throat> talking to, um, you know, some guys that could be um, visitors in January. And then, you know, uh, the, any high school prospects that kind of emerged for Indiana for the February signing date. So, you know, stuff like that. And then obviously as we get closer to spring ball, start doing some previews for uh, you know, for spring ball.
3: Yeah.
2: Thanks. Thanks so much for having me guys. I really appreciate it. It was a blast.
3: Yeah. Yeah, If you're you're watching or listening this right now and you don't follow Matt on, on Twitter, fix (laughs) that. When you watch this, fix that right now, make sure you follow Matt always on it. Great resource for, for IU fans. So TJ, Sammy, Matt, thanks again for your time today. I think we went through a lot, just about everything, covered every guy in IU's first wave of the 2023 class More to come, and as Sammy said, be sure to stay on HoosierHuddle.com for all the latest. Thanks
1: again, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.